This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a long-term colleague, Michael Patterson. Michael's the president and CEO of Mississippi Valley Health. He'll talk to us about that organization, about the opportunities, the challenges they're seeing today, and a little bit more. Michael, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Scott. Uh, as you said, I'm the president and CEO of Mississippi Valley Health. Uh, we are uh, located here in Davenport, Iowa. We have a couple of uh, ASCs and a network of physician practices. In addition to that role, I am also currently the president of ASCA, our national ASC association. Well, fantastic. I did not realize that I just visited with uh, Bill Prentice the other day about ASCA and so forth. So just a pleasure. Thank you. Take a moment, talk about Mississippi Valley, about the area you're in, how that surgery center and network of centers has evolved over the years. Give us a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, so the uh, uh, facility was developed back in 1996, a small group of uh, physicians that uh, wanted to provide care differently for patients and and were able to come together uh, received a CON to start a surgery center, which was really the, the the impetus for the rest of everything coming together. And over the years, uh, we've been fortunate. We've only had two CEOs uh, since the uh, company came together. Um, the founder, who was a very bright physician, and uh, myself, and so we've developed now two separate facilities, network of physician practices. We have a, a full medical plaza here located um, in a, uh, a commercial area here in Davenport, Iowa. And we're very fortunate to, to be in the market that we're in and associated with the top uh, surgeons in the, in the market for a, a variety of specialties. And, and, and talk for a moment about what challenges do surgery centers face today? What are the big two or three challenges you face today, both as a surgery center, as a, as a, as a network? What are the challenges you look at? So I think not only for us, but uh, nationally, the employment of physicians by hospitals and health systems is a significant challenge. Uh, recently, we had a large group of general surgeons that did a lot of business um, within our uh, facilities, and uh, they were under pressure to uh, be employed by a local health system. Uh, that went through in June, and, and uh, effective, you know, within 30 days, they, they have not done one case now in, in either of our facilities. So that and then recruitment of new surgeons uh, to specific practices when, you know, they can look at an employment deal with a hospital versus an independent practice model and the, uh, you know, the differences that exist there. And so I think that uh, that is a, is a significant concern um, just in general. And then now we layer in COVID on top of that and, and for some specialties that have seen a reduction in volume uh, in their practices, which then results in a reduction of volume in the surgery center. I think those two things combined have, you know, created uh, a little bit of a, a pullback, but I think the surgery center industry is ripe for, you know, providing care to patients in a very safe and uh, cost-effective environment uh, despite the pandemic. And, and we're looking forward as we, you know, really have started to regain a lot of that volume that, that was lost here earlier in the, in the year. And you and I are talking in late October. What are you seeing currently in terms of COVID? Is it surging again? Is it slowing down surgery again? Is it not yet having an impact again? What's your sense of what's going on currently? 
I think for some specialties, for example, ENT, uh, we have our, the only ENT group in town, and so there's not a huge com competitive market here for ENT, and they have seen a significant reduction in patients coming in. Um, and, and when you think about sinus surgery and tonsils and tubes and, and children, uh, which is a big bulk of their practice, I think people are just holding off. Um, the other thing is kids really aren't in school like they used to be, so they're they're probably not exposed to as many uh, viruses, and and so I think that has potentially delayed uh, the need for surgical intervention on the ENT side. Um, orthopedics, uh, we did see a drawback, but in some specialties, for example, our total joint and our spine practices, those numbers are up. Um, but I think people are a little more hesitant to get their knee scoped or their shoulder scoped now because they think that uh, maybe there's an alternative method to, to prevent them from having to go into the doctor's office. So I think that... Uh, you know, we're seeing that um, earlier in the year, we saw, as stated, our, our uh, GI center where colonoscopies, which is, uh, you know, a, a true elective procedure, um, we had closed that facility down for, for a number of weeks. And, and now towards the end of the year, those numbers are surging back and patients are, luckily, we're, we're very happy to see patients going through their screenings and making sure that uh, they're not holding off on that type of care because, uh, you know, as you know, colorectal cancel, cancer is very preventable if it's detected early and we're, we're really looking forward to you know, meeting those needs of those patients. So, and, and, and Michael, as you wrestle through COVID, the ups and downs, trying to figure out where the new normal is, what are your top three priorities currently? What do you look at as your biggest priorities, your biggest opportunities? So, uh, in in my mind, the biggest priority is, is patient, provider, and staff safety. Uh, we want to ensure when patients come here, when providers practice here, and when our, our team of professionals work here, that they're safe. And so... Ensuring that we're doing screenings uh, for all providers and employees before they enter the building. Um, we're testing uh, all of our uh, elective scheduled surgical cases uh, prior to the date of surgery making sure those patients are not COVID positive before they come to the uh, facility. We're requiring masks for patients and, and all staff. We've uh, created separate uh, eating areas so we have staff that can spread out um, in, in the facility and so we don't have, you know, people in a normal, you know, two or three or four people at a table when they're having breaks um, and eating their lunches. So we really wanted to focus on that. Maintaining the you know, and understanding what the latest uh, research is and recommendations from the CDC and our state public health department um, and, and ensuring that we're working through all of those components to ultimately ensure a very safe uh, and efficient uh, facility. And, and I think that is a, is a big priority for us. Um, and obviously, I think the uh, the other part of that is, you know, we want to optimize throughput for patients uh, and ensuring that, you know, they're getting in and through the system in a safe and timely manner. Uh, currently, we are restricting visitors, and we've really implemented uh, technology to help us through that. So, for example, when a patient comes in, they check in for their uh, knee scope. Uh, their their loved one, uh, They we enter their phone number into a, uh, a system, and then that 
loved one then gets a text message when the patient enters into the pre-op area, when they get moved into the operating room, when they're closing, when they're moved into the uh, phase one recovery, when they're moved into phase two recovery, and then when they're ready for discharge. And then the physicians are able to call that family member and discuss with them, you know, what happened in the OR and how the patient has progressed. I think that has been key. And we've actually seen uh, an increase of, in some months, uh, up to seven points in our patient satisfaction scores. Um, because we're really focused on the patient right now. Oh, fantastic. And I know you always are, but it's doubling down on patient safety, everything during this COVID era. Talk for a moment. At one point in time, hospitals and surgery centers were sort of brutal enemies. There seems to be now a much longer term sort of detente between hospitals and surgery centers. Any sense of that or what you see out there? Yeah, I think uh, it can be market specific or market dependent. Um, we're fortunate. We are partnered with Unity Point Health Trinity uh, here in our market. Um, they've been a good partner for us uh, on the hospital side. We've worked through them through the through the whole COVID response and how do we ensure patients get uh, appropriate care and the appropriate site of service. And uh, I think because of that relationship, our relationship with the leadership team at the at the hospital has gotten better. Uh, it's grown and the relationship between the physicians and the hospital, it's created an avenue by which we can have open discussions about what is the best site of service for patients and, and, and how do we effectively manage that, uh, that, uh, that perspective. So I think in some markets that works well. I think in other markets, there's still a huge competitive nature. Um, we, we are friendly competitors uh, with, with our hospitals and health systems in town. Um, but as I said, we've partnered with one of them. And, and I think it just really depends on the market and, quite frankly, the leadership between the surgery center and the hospital and, and what do they want to do. And, and obviously, the physician relationships is, is a key component of all of that. Thank you. And then finally, Michael, you've been in this in leadership for a long time. A couple of thoughts on a piece of advice you would give to young emerging leaders. I think that, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I was fortunate enough to do was to have a couple of really good mentors, uh, somebody that I could talk to that told me what I needed to hear, not necessarily what I wanted to hear. Uh, so I think a good mentor, I think becoming well-read um, on what's going on in your industry, your chosen industry, I think getting involved with either uh, – Things like the Ambulatory Surgery Center Association, or if you're on the hospital side, the uh, your your state hospital association. Um, I think that uh, you know more specifically on the surgery center side. You know we have a state association, we have our national association, and how do you get involved and and uh, network with people and really understand the industry and where things are going. I think spend a little time in D.C. understanding our, the legislative component of healthcare. I think is important and uh, can really kind of broaden your scope and open your eyes to you know how things are are done in this country uh, from a legislative perspective. Um, and I think taking the opportunity to really get to understand uh, key physician leaders um, and what has gotten them to to their point in their career and and uh, take advice from from folks that you know will really help guide and direct you as you uh, you know develop your career path I think that's I think that's vitally important Michael thank you so much for joining the Becker's healthcare podcast today I want to ask you about driving fast, driving slow, any of those kinds of issues and, and so forth. But just a, a great pleasure to visit with you and hopefully get a chance to visit with you in person at next year's meetings. Always great to talk to you, Michael. 
Scott, always great to talk to you. And, and yes, I have a love of cars and, and uh, driving fast. And, and anytime I get the opportunity, love for you and I to go out and, you know, hit the track and, you know, hit a triple digit number. I think I think you'd really enjoy that. I, I will likely be driving at half the speed that you are, but I'll look forward to being on the track. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. And thank you for the opportunity to uh, participate in uh, in the Becker's podcast today.